Well, hey, friends, thanks for joining us again today. It is great to be back after having some time off. And uh, and we started with this series on loneliness, which we said in the beginning is a huge problem in our culture. And I want to say thanks to Doug and Krista. I think they did a great job over the last couple of weeks covering some real practical ways that we can deal with loneliness. So this week, though, I want to wrap up our talk about loneliness by revisiting the main point that I had way back in week one. And that point was this. Meaningful friendships aren't stumbled upon, they're fought for. And the reason I want to go back to this is twofold. On one side, I need to go back over this because I know this is not the type of thing that you just fix by listening to one message and everything's all fixed, right? It's the kind of thing that we have to be continually reminded of. And the reason we need to be reminded is because most of us, if we're honest with ourselves, are terrible at developing deep friendships as adults, right? Like, we, we may have been really good when we were in school and we could make kids everywhere, but as an adult, as the pressures and time constraints of, of being that adult, they take over. Things like starting and building a career, having and raising kids, building a lasting marriage, all of those start to become a focus, and they should, but it makes it harder and harder for us to take the time required to build meaningful friendships. And most of you know, because I talk about it all the time, the, the value of building authentic friendships is something that I talk about with people anytime I get around them, especially pastors. And a couple of weeks ago, I was with a large group of pastors, and I asked how many of them had at least one friend that they would call a best friend. Not someone from their past, but someone that they spend today regular, meaningful time with on the regular. And sadly, I really wasn't surprised when 75% of them said that they did not have even one person that they could put into the best friend category. And I don't think pastors are alone in that. I think all of us struggle with what friendships look like as an adult. Uh, Recently, there's a pastor who's really becoming a good friend of mine, and he shared this on Facebook, and I asked his permission because I think uh, it's something that many of us can identify with. And he said this, I've given a lot of time and attention to friendship in adulthood these last few months, something I've admittedly been historically bad at. The correlation of finishing well in life and a small group of good friends has become evident. Sadly, I spent 26 years of my adult life working in the church and struggled with friendship. We have to be better, right? Hashtag one another. I love that phrase. We have to be better, and I agree. If we want to stand up through everything that life is going to throw at us, we have to be better at building deep, meaningful friendships. And those meaningful friendships aren't stumbled upon, they're fought for. So that's kind of the first reason that I'm revisiting and kind of using that as my main point from three weeks ago. The second is this. I kind of left you hanging, right? Uh, Three weeks ago, I gave you a simple step to take. Have two meaningful conversations But we never did look at how do you take those conversations further. We never talked about how do you develop meaningful friendships. Because we all need meaningful friendships. And as we've said all through this series, it's what you were made for. You were made to have people in your life who love you and who love you back. These are the friends. The ones that share unforgettable moments with you, right? These are the friends who you call when times are tough. These are the friends who celebrate with you when everything's going great. But those kinds of friendships, 
They don't just fall in your lap, right? It doesn't happen by sitting at home and all of a sudden you have friends. You need to put yourself out there and you really need to go after deep connections. So the question is, how do you do that? Well, that's exactly what we're going to look at today. And to do that, we're going to look at one of the best stories of meaningful friendships, or at least I think it's the best story, in the Bible. We're going to look at the friendship between a guy named Jonathan and another guy named David. So if you want to open up your Bible app or open up your Bible, you can go to 1 Samuel chapter 18. But before we start reading, let's uh, get some understanding like who the characters are and where we are in the story. Jonathan is the son of the king of Israel, who at this point is King Saul. And David is the David you've probably heard of. Yes, this is David and Goliath fame. By the time we get to 1 Samuel 18, a lot has already happened. David has already been anointed the next king by Samuel. Samuel says, you're going to be king. But Saul is still the king. Then David goes out and kills Goliath, wins over the heart of the people of Israel. So Saul's going to invite David to live in his house probably to keep him under watch because he suspected that someday this David's going to rise up and kill him to take the throne. So as time goes on, Saul becomes more and more jealous of David, and David begins suspecting that Saul wants him dead. And it's during this time that Jonathan, the son of Saul, and David end up becoming friends. And that's where we're going to jump in and kind of zoom in on the story. 1 Samuel chapter 18 says this, After David had finished talking with Saul, he met Jonathan, the king's son. There was an immediate bond between them, for Jonathan loved David. And from that day on, Saul kept David with him and wouldn't let him return home. So as we're jumping in into this right here, this is taking place immediately following David's grand victory over Goliath. And the text says that on that day, David went to live at Saul's house, and he didn't return. It also says that there was an immediate connection between Jonathan and David. Uh, you've probably experienced this before. Uh, maybe you were uh, like at an event, or you were at a game, or something was going on, and somebody introduces you to someone that you don't know. And after spending just a little bit of time talking to them, Maybe you felt like there was some sort of connection, right? Maybe they were interested in some of the same things that you're interested in. Uh, maybe you discovered that you both had similar experiences or you share the same sense of humor. It's like you instantly click and you found yourself enjoying the company of that person probably more than you ever expected. I think this is what's happening between David and Jonathan. They just kind of clicked. And then David is moved into Saul's house. So... Now they're in the same space together, and because of that, they're undoubtedly going to bump into each other all of the time. And because David and Jonathan have this kind of connection, and they're in the space at the same time, they become great friends. Which leads us kind of the first point I want to make today about developing friendships. One of the ingredients that you got to have, and it's probably the first ingredient, is proximity. Right? Proximity is actually the beginning of a relationship, right? Being physically close to someone creates opportunities for interaction. And it's in this proximity that you kind of grow in your shared interest or you find out the other person's values and you have experiences together. Without proximity, it can be a real challenge to maintain consistent interactions. And it's in those consistent interactions that bonds are formed. So without those regular face-to-face -face meetings, it's almost impossible to build a meaningful friendship. So, 
to really connect with someone and, and start a meaningful friendship, you've got to make time to hang out with them. Right? You have to choose to hang out with that person. You have to be the one who says, you know what, I'm going to reach out and I'm going to connect. And the, uh, the thing that often gets in our way from doing this is how busy we are. Right? There, there just never seems to be enough time just to hang out with someone, to really get to know them. But we've got to find a way. Even in our packed schedules, we've got to find a way to make room for moments of closeness and interaction with the people that we want to develop a friendship with. Uh, some of you know I've got some great, meaningful friendships with a couple of guys named Ken and David. What you may not know is that we didn't instantly click, right? It took each of them being intentional about making sure that we got together just to hang out. And in the beginning, none of each other knew us very well, right? Uh, basically, it was that kind of like you've ever gone to church, that, that high-in-the-lobby church kind of stuff, right? So it was all the time that we intentionally spent together early in our friendship that made the relationship that we have today even possible. And to be honest, I never felt like I had enough time just to stop what I was doing and go hang out. Right? There was a lot that needed to be done when I came here to this church. We had just experienced our lead pastor being removed. Uh, we had a staff that was hurting. We had a church full of people that were hurting. We had people looking for leadership and how to move forward. There was a lot to be done. And I remember thinking, I don't have time. Right? I don't have time to just go hang out for a couple of hours. But you know what? I did it anyway. And they did the same thing too. They each lived very busy lives. But we all made time to hang out and to get to know each other. So proximity is crucial if you want to develop meaningful friendships. So let's continue in our story. Verse 3 says, And Jonathan made a solemn pact with David because he loved him as much as he loved himself. So we don't really know like what was involved in this solemn pact, but whatever it was, he took it serious. They both took it very seriously. And then we can see the second step that comes in developing a meaningful friendship. You have proximity, and now you have purpose. Every meaningful friendship has to have some kind of purpose. If there's no purpose to hanging out, what you end up doing is having kind of what I would call a shallow friendship. Without purpose, those friendships, they rarely dive below the surface. You know what I'm talking about. Those are the relationships where you get together and most of the conversations revolve around whatever the latest gossip is, the weather, what's new on TV, or if you're guys, some sort of sports thing. But they never really touch on how we're genuinely feeling or what we're going through or what we're really afraid of right now. So, for instance, think about a friend that you only ever see at a game or a school thing or even at church. And when you see them, I'm, I'm sure you have fun, but there's no depth to your interactions. I, I would bet that there are some people that you'll talk to in the lobby of church today, but you've had some version of that same conversation a dozen times or three dozen times. Nothing deep, just something to chat about. Or maybe there's somebody that you work with, and, and during your breaks, you know, you get together and uh, you, you have some conversations, and those conversations might be filled with work complaints or weekend friends, but they kind of stop there. Right? Never in a million years would you share your personal victories or fears with them. So it's kept all at this kind of polite surface level. Now, these shallow friendships, they're, they're not necessarily bad. Right? 
they have their place, and they can actually be enjoyable. They can be stress-free. However, they will lack the emotional connection and support that deeper friendships provide. Right? It's a shared purpose that begins to take things deeper. And I'm not saying that every relationship you have has to have purpose, but meaningful friendships, they have to have purpose. Uh, I love, I was reading one person uh, put it this way. They said, in life you have real friends and deal friends. Real friends are those people who know your deepest fears. They know your wildest dreams, and uh, they love you no matter what you do, right? With a real friend, it's not about what you can do for each other. It's about being there no matter what. You share laughs, tears, and everything in between. It's a connection, and it's rooted in genuine care and mutual respect. Not in what you gain from each other, but just in being with each other. Then on the flip side, you got deal friends. And uh, deal friends are more like partners in a transaction. These friendships, they can feel conditional uh, based on what one person can get from the other. So maybe it's about networking, or it's about social climbing, or it's just about having somebody to hang out with when there's no one else around. So the conversations with deal friends really never go below the surface level topics. And you know, there's absolutely, I want to be clear, nothing wrong with having deal friends, right? The issue arises when that's all we find ourselves surrounded by is deal friends. And here's the thing. Most friendships probably start out as deal friends, right? But if we're hoping to transition some of those deal friends into real friends, we need to inject some purpose into our friendships. So there's proximity and there's purpose in a meaningful relationship. So let's keep on reading. Verse 4 says, Jonathan sealed the pact by taking off his robe and giving it to David together with his tunic Sword, bow, and belt. All right, so they have this pack, and he takes off his robe and begins to give it to him. Now, I know this seems really like a strange thing to do, and um, I don't think the path to a meaning from friendship begins with taking your clothes off. Um, that might be the subject for another sermon, but actually what was going on here was something else. Jonathan was next in line for the throne. Right? He was the one that was expected to be the next king. When Saul dies, it'll be Jonathan. Yet he chose to give his royal robes to David, symbolically acknowledging that David was the one who truly deserved to be king. And this act was incredibly risky, especially considering the kind of potential consequences if his dad Saul were ever to discover what happened, which just highlights the depth of Jonathan's gesture towards David. And then this leads us kind of to the next ingredient as we're moving through what it takes to have a meaningful friendship, transparency. Transparency. The dynamic of a relationship completely transforms when there's transparency. Why? Because transparency is the foundation of trust between two people. This is really important to understand. If you are trying to cultivate deep, meaningful friendships... Reaching a level of transparency is going to be a non-negotiable. And let me be as strong as I can on this because there's no shortcut to this. Without being open and honest, forging a meaningful friendship just isn't possible. All right? And this applies to all of our relationships. All right? If there's no transparency, trust can't be developed. This is especially true in a marriage. And you have to have transparency. This is why when... 
I'm sitting with someone and I hear about uh, they, they have separate bank accounts, right? I got my bank account, they have their bank account, and no one has access to the other bank accounts. My first thought is, man, there's going to be trouble there. Like, why do you need to keep the details of your money from your spouse, right? We're not going to get into that here, but if that's you, that might be something you want to drill into later. But as I see it, the major obstacles to transparency are shame and pain. You might think, well, I've opened up before and got hurt, right? I shared my heart, and it was either used against me or it was dismissed. Well, that, it might happen again, right? The risk is real. You could face rejection, misunderstanding. All that could happen again, but consider the alternative. Erecting barriers of pain and shame around yourself, it leads to a life devoid of meaningful connections, loneliness, and inner emptiness. And I'll say this. When it comes to being transparent, you must be the one who chooses to be transparent first. You can't wait for the other person to make the first move. You can't say, well, I want us to be close, and I know transparency is key, so you go first. That approach simply doesn't work, right? You have to make the choice to open up first. Maybe you share like a struggle that you're facing with your kids or something that's going on at work or something that you're afraid might happen. And I know it feels risky. And yeah, they might judge you. But this act of vulnerability, it can begin to pave a way for a deeper connection. It kind of tests the water to see if they're willing to be just as open in return. For a friendship to deepen, it has to go through transparency. There has to be mutual vulnerability. If you find yourself being open and the other person remains closed, well, that relationship, it might not be the friendship that you're looking for, right? If it feels more like a confessional or a therapy session, well, that's not a friendship. And here's something to remember. It's not about overwhelming the person that you're talking to with the challenges you're having at the moment, right? It's about mutual sharing and authenticity, if I go back to my friendship with Ken and David, in the beginning, in the very beginning of our friendship, each of us kind of went through some difficult and dark times. And during those times, we each had a choice to make about whether or not we were going to be honest and transparent about what was happening in our life. And to be honest, we, we didn't go straight from where we were to level 10 in our transparency. But little by little, we got there. And I am so glad that we did because these guys have been my rock during a lot of other difficult times. So we have proximity, we have purpose, we have transparency. Now, let's look at what David and Jonathan's go back to the story and see if there's some more things that we can learn from friendship. For this, we're going to jump all the way to chapter 20 in 1 Samuel. 20, verse 1. David now fled from Naoth in Ramah and found Jonathan. What have I done, he explained. What is my crime? How have I offended your father that he is so determined to kill me. That's not true, Jonathan protested. You're not going to die. He always tells me everything he's going to do, even the little things. I know my father wouldn't hide something like this from me. It just isn't so. So what we see going on here, so we go from chapter 18 to chapter 20, and we see a disagreement. It's the first time that we see a disagreement. Because in chapter 19, we see Saul kind of plotting to assassinate David. But Jonathan doesn't see it as a real threat. So you can imagine the kind of disagreement that's going on, especially from David's side. So verse 3. Then David took an oath before Jonathan and said, Your father knows perfectly well about our friendship. So he has said to himself, I won't tell Jonathan 
why should I hurt him? But I swear to you that I am only a step away from death. I swear it by the Lord and by my own soul. So David is pleading with his friend. Look, I, I know that you don't think your dad would do this. I know that you think he tells you everything. But I'm telling you, he's trying to kill me. And he is keeping it from you because he doesn't want to hurt you. And I love this. Let's look at his response. Let's look at uh, David's friend's response in verse 4. He says, tell me what I can do to help you. Tell me what I can do to help you. Right? How can I be loyal to you? And it's worth noting that even though the two are kind of in a pretty important, you would think, disagreement, there's loyalty that they can fall back on and rely on in their friendship, which is yet another ingredient in developing a friendship. Proximity, purpose, transparency, and loyalty. Loyalty builds resilience in any relationship. But let me tell you, the enemy to staying loyal and showing up for someone is unresolved conflict. That's what trips us up. And it seems like a particularly big issue in our culture today, right? We're part of a culture that too often, I think, tells us if we don't see eye to eye on absolutely everything, then that's it, the friendship's over. So you see a different political view posted on Instagram or Facebook, and boom, no more texts, no more calls. And by the way, what I've noticed is we never tell someone that we're doing any of this intentionally, right? We don't have a conversation. We don't confront. We just kind of fade away. We have a term for it. We call we ghosted them, right? Now, I'm not saying you should stick around in a toxic relationship, don't, right? I'm not saying that. But be open, right? Be open that someone could have a different point of view. The point is our threshold of tolerance and resilience in friendship seems so low these days. We're quick to back away from the first sign of disagreement. We're reluctant to stay friends over some differences. If we give up too easily, we miss out on the growth and the resilience that can come from overcoming challenges together. Right? We lose the chance to see how strong our relationship can actually become on the other side of those conflicts. So, Jonathan and David are having a bit of conflict. Let's look what happens next in our story as we jump down to verse 8. Show me this loyalty as my sworn friend. This is David talking. For we made a solemn pact before the Lord, or kill me yourself if I have sinned against your father. But please, do not betray me to him. And so what we see is David pressing down into the loyalty of their friendship. And now, literally, his life depends on his friendship with Jonathan. And so as you read further, they kind of come up with a plan to save David's life. And towards the end of the chapter, we see this. So if we jump all the way to verse 41... Then David bowed three times to Jonathan with his face to the ground. Both of them were in tears as they embraced each other and said goodbye, especially David. Right? And then at last, Jonathan said to David, Go in peace, for we have sworn loyalty to each other in the Lord's name. The Lord is the witness of a bond between us and our children forever. Now, if I were to summarize what all is happening here, there's some cultural differences, it would be this. David is honoring his friend for helping him and remaining loyal to Jonathan. And what Jonathan is saying, David, when you become king, I'm not, if I'm not around, I'm holding you accountable to take care of my family. 
Because Jonathan, this is what he knew. If David were to ascend to the throne, right, there would be a threat. David would feel like Jonathan's family was a threat to his throne because traditionally a new king would eliminate the entire dynasty before him to prevent any claims to the throne. So Jonathan is essentially placing his trust in David, saying, hey, when you become king, when you hold power, will you ensure the safety of me and my family? Will you protect my lineage if I'm no longer around? And in this, we kind of get the final ingredient in a meaningful friendship, and that is accountability. Accountability. Accountability is what adds depth to any relationship. It's about letting someone in close enough to point out your blind spots and to offer guidance. It's that moment when you grant someone the permission to hold you accountable, to really speak into your life, right? Tell you what is true, and that is meaningful. That is where meaningful depth in a friendship is formed. About three years ago, my wife and I were facing kind of an enormous crisis. Uh, Something had happened inside of our family, and the weight of that crisis put a strain on our marriage, something we had never experienced before. And before your mind wanders to what it might be, I I, I know I'm a pastor, so everybody wants to go there. Uh, I feel like I need to say it was nothing immoral. It wasn't anything like that. Just one of those big, big disagreements that can happen inside of a marriage from time to time. So, if I'm being honest, we went quite a few weeks without talking to each other very much. And again, I I knew I needed to be stop being stubborn. But at the same time, I didn't want to back down. You ever been there? And in short, it was my friends that pointed that out and called me out on my behavior. And it was our friends that held us together and made us accountable to working things out. And in many ways, I owe them a huge debt for staying true to our friendship and helping my wife and I through that time. So as we wrap up this series... Let me ask you, do you have someone in your life who you share that level of accountability, who you share these things with? Who are the people that form the meaningful relationships in your life? Because this isn't merely just a story from the Bible. It's an illustration. It shows us the deep, meaningful relationships that you were designed to live. But remember, meaningful friendships aren't stumbled upon. They're fought for. They don't just happen by chance. They require effort. They require a deliberate pursuit. You must actively work towards building these significant bonds in your life. Meaningful relationships demand that you fight for the relationship. So if you really want to develop some meaningful friendships, let me issue you a challenge that you can work on. Here's what I think would be a practical next step following this message. In the next two weeks, choose two relationships to go deeper with and start working on proximity. In the next two weeks, choose two relationships and begin to give those relationships priority. Start a conversation about things that matter. Schedule time to hang out. Put it on your calendar and then actually do it and own it. Don't wait for the other person to text or call, or set up the next drink, or set up the next coffee, you take the initiative. Maybe, for some of you, you need to re-engage a friendship that used to be meaningful to you, but for whatever reason, you walked away, maybe you ghosted them. Maybe it was a hard conversation that needed to be had, but you didn't have it, or maybe it was a disagreement, and you really didn't want to explore the depths of that disagreement, whatever it was. Maybe you need to take the initiative. 
Maybe you need to see, is there still something there that could be salvaged and built on? Like, don't wait on the other person. Think about all the time and energy that you've poured into that relationship. Some of those relationships are truly worth the effort to mend. So, choose two relationships and begin working on them. Prioritize time. And let's all begin working towards having healthy, meaningful friendships in our life. The future of your marriage may depend on what you do next. The relationship with your kids may depend on what you do next. Your financial future, your career path, all of it may depend on what you do next. And here's something I do know. Whether or not you experience the rich and satisfying life Jesus offers will depend on what you do next. So take me up on this challenge and then come back next week as we kick off a brand new series where we're going to explore how we overcome our fears and doubts to achieve whatever it is that God is calling us to do. Before we go there, let me pray for us. Heavenly Father, thank you for guiding us through this conversation about the depth and the meaning of relationships. Help us to recognize the value of transparency and accountability and the effort required to build lasting connections. God, give us the courage to face down conflicts, to tear down walls of pride and cherish the friendships that you are placing in our lives. God, I just ask that we never overlook the treasure that you have given us in each other and grant us the wisdom to know which relationships are worth fighting for in all that we do. Let us reflect your love and your grace to those that are around us in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, hey, friends, thanks for joining us today. If you think today's message might be valuable to someone you know, would you mind sharing this video? Not only could it be helpful for them, but by sharing this content as well as liking and subscribing to this YouTube channel or this page on Facebook, uh, you're helping us accomplish our mission to raise the reputation of Jesus. And along those lines, could I also ask you to help us financially by heading to the website nextlevelchurch.org and selecting the give option that's there. Your faithful financial support helps us make content like this and it helps us also raise the reputation of Jesus where we live, work, and play. Now, by way of benediction, let me read to you a verse from Proverbs, Proverbs 17, 17 that says, a friend is always loyal and a brother is born to help in time of need. May you, as you head out into the rest of whatever you have today and for this week, may you find strength and joy in the journey of building deep, lasting friendships. And may you cherish and nurture the relationship that truly matters. Have a blessed week. We'll see you back in person next week as we continue our series on loneliness.